Welcome back to the Conscious Contact Podcast. My name is Janae and I am your host. And at the top of this episode, I wanted to go ahead and make a little announcement. This will be the last time that you hear just my voice in the intro. I started doing this podcast to really foster conversation and and make connections with my friends, people that I'm interested in that I wanted to have on. And I slowly realized that I really was craving kind of like a co-host situation. I've loved every single guest that I've had on, but for the future of the podcast, really diving into specific topics with someone that is just different enough from me to be able to bring something to the conversation and truly not have me talking in an echo chamber, but similar enough to know that you know, we don't mean any offense to one another and that we understand the core nature of what we're both getting at. And the more I thought about this and the more that I talked to Drumroll, our new co-host Susan, about it, I realized that she was really the perfect fit that I was looking for. So I am hoping that you really enjoy the coming episode with Susan. We recorded this before we decided to go the co-host route. So that's what you will hear now. And we get into a little bit of what truly is conscious contact. Like, what do we mean when we say that? What are we looking for? What are we striving for? And in the next episode, will be the first one with her as the co-host. So enjoy this little interlude between guest and co-host for Susan. And she showed up with notes to this session. And I, in my head, it clicked then, like, this is the perfect scenario for her to really nail down the topic so I'm not spinning like a top the entire time, but be able to have that spontaneity in the conversation, talking about something that we're both passionate about. So yeah, enjoy this episode. And I look forward to having her as my co-host on the next one. Thank you for coming back and being on again, Susan. It's so good to see you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited. And you know, I I don't have a, a train of thought for this. So I'm going to just leave it up to you, really. Okay. You can run the show. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Let me put my glasses on then. <laughs> so when I was thinking about being on last, you know, we talked about sustainable productivity and how it dovetails into conscious contact. It really made me start thinking more about why is this called conscious contact? Where did the name come from? Yeah. Yeah. So it it has a little bit to do with the literature in my particular recovery program. But also, it is something that I was craving. I was realizing I was having a lot of issues with just connecting with people in real life. I mean, COVID aside, which I don't even know like allowed to say that on a podcast or if it'll get suppressed or something. <laughs> but it it was this thing where I'm I'm a really heavy introvert and I don't need a lot of interactions with humans to feel filled up and, you know, full of life. But the interactions I was having with people seemed so shallow that it it wasn't doing anything for me. I would rather like not have that interaction than have it be shallow. And I was missing my friends. I was missing having people over. I was missing having those deep conversations that kind of materialize when we get all the fluff out of the way and we've 
checked in, talked about the weather and asked about each other's families. <laughs> talked about the pollen cloud. <laughs> yeah. Then you get to like the meat and I just wanted to have more of that in my life. I wanted to be able to connect with somebody else and give that opportunity to them too, to have just this moment of really connecting with another human and just seeing what happens mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I've had a very similar experience that we were talking about last time I was here. And I know off record, or not off record, but uh, non recording, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about that quite a bit too. Yeah. But I wonder if there are people that might be listening that don't know they don't have conscious contact. Mm, yeah. So can you describe how you feel? If it did, and I do think it did probably manifest in your body, like how did it feel? Yeah. What was going on in your brain when you were not connected? Mm. Just a lot of melancholy, you know, just kind of walking around life and not really feeling lit up by anything. And I guess I need to dive into what I mean by that. Specifically in a conversation for as an introvert, if I find myself and I have that moment of presentness in a conversation and I'm I'm either thinking one of two ways. I've realized there's not a whole lot of gray area here for me. <laughs> either that is not what this podcast is. I called. know, right? <laughs> it's either how can I end this conversation so that I can walk away? Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about how can I wrap this up? I'm trying to genuinely listen, but I'm finding myself, it's hard for me too because I'm just trying to leave, Mm -hmm. which is not good and something I need to work on, but it is also evidence of what kind of things fill me up versus what don't. Mm. But when I have that moment of presentness and I have the other reaction, you know, this ball of energy rising from my chest, like I can't wait Like I'm nodding so profusely, I might get whiplash and I'm like kind of bouncing up and down in my seat and I can't wait for them to finish because I have a thought brewing, but I'm also, they are saying something that's interesting enough where I don't care if I get to put my input in. So I'm, Mm. while I'm simultaneously, I'm not going to be able to say that word, while I'm both excited to add to the conversation because it's something I'm passionate about, I am also truly listening in a, in a way that I am more interested in what they have to say than selfishly wanting to put in my two cents. Mm. Oh, that's so good. But I'm a selfish person. So that's like a high bar. <laughs> it's a high bar to have to cross over. Which is probably why you're searching for people to have that conscious contact with. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound like it's common. Mm-mm. And it sounds like it feels great when it happens. It's, so you want it's more awesome. of it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I hope that I give that feeling to other people too. I hope that I foster mm. conversations that help other people to feel that way. And it's it's interesting because I've had a couple of episodes of this now. And I can tell when we're going towards that mm-hmm. versus going away from it, me and whoever mm. my guest is. And it, I can see them kind of doing the same thing, the little bit of the bounce, the little bit of the super nod or like the, yeah, you know, right. the true connection with another human. And it's it's been over a varied number of topics, so it has nothing to do with what we're actually talking about. It's, it's so true. Yeah, feeling truly heard by someone else. 
Yeah. And also having that just a genuine feeling of connection that is not performative. It is not social normative of like, how are you? I'm fine. Like, I'm never fine. Like, I want to talk to you about more than that. But I know you don't care. You're just asking to be nice. Right. So conversations that cross that threshold into just a genuine, a sense of, I don't even know how to describe it, a real true connection. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. true contact with another human's soul. I know that sounds like very deep, but... Well, I think it's there in the title of conscious contact is you want contact with their consciousness. You just don't want contact with, um, well, you're another white person, so I I should be in contact with you. You're another woman. You're another, this person in the socioeconomic class or this job title or whatever it is, you're connecting with that person's consciousness. Yeah. And not everybody is able to open themselves Mm -hmm. to that contact Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to let that be okay I know I know (laughs) (laughs) because it's hard when you do open yourself up like that and Mm -hmm. someone just it's like if you flayed yourself open and you've got that raw skin and someone just pours salt on it yeah like it it certainly doesn't make you want to open up again (laughs) no it's true vulnerability yeah in an age where we're told to be offended by everything and constantly be on watch for someone to slip up in what they're saying. And mm-hmm. it's hard. And I, I, the episode previous to this, I talked to someone about that, about cancel culture and about, you know, us as a, as humanity. And are we <laughs> becoming too sensitive? Like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. How do you talk to another human if this is what you're worried about? You know, disregarding things that are illegal or truly racist ideologies, how do you have a conversation with someone and be vulnerable when it feels very much like we're all out to get each other mm, mm-hmm. or or that's what's being pushed? The narrative that's being pushed is we are all so different and there's two sides and they hate each other, right. which is so not true in real life. That's not how this works. So yeah. being truly vulnerable with another human is probably like the hardest skill I've ever cultivated for myself. So I try to give compassion to other people that don't necessarily have like the emotional language to do that yet. I hope it's a yet for them. I think it's the emotional language and I think it's the courage Mm. to do it. And I think it is the willingness to keep practicing it Mm. because we're all going to fumble through it. I mean, um, you know, we talked a second ago about everything that you edited edit out a podcast yeah yeah <laughs> um we we can't edit things once our you know uh slip of the tongue or just mm. dumb ass thank god mm-hmm. thank god we did not have our teens and 20s on oh social gosh. media yeah um too much proof <laughs> <laughs> but a couple things you said about the 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 people of it I just want to be in contact with people who are conscious about how they're living Mm. are conscious about how they are reaching out to other people and not just um like bumping off of tasks and people and yeah that that surface it's like there's a hard shell yeah sometimes and it just doesn't feel good to only 
bump around all day. Yeah. Sometimes I want to sit down and take the shell off and just be like, oh, this is, this is truly what it is. But I think it's hard to do that when we don't slow down. Mm, Truly. And then people are like, well, I just can't stop doing X, Y, and Z. Which is a fallacy. Right. Well, I would say that's some bullshit, but that's a very big word you used. (laughs) (laughs) It's also bullshit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But let me ask you, so so I think that's that's one piece of it, is the people. Because I think... um, People is an entry point. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I hanging out with? And do I feel good when I'm around these people? Yeah. But I want to ask you, well, I was going to say, you're you're welcome to tell me it's none of my damn business, but I know already <laughs> you're not going to tell me <laughs> no. that because you're all in on this topic. <laughs> um, but what about conscious contact with a spiritual being? Mm-hmm. And I want to leave this wide open because this could be any religion, any spirituality, yeah. none of the above. It could be the the soul within you, like the spiritual mm. feeling of yourself. And that sounds super weird, but I think people listening to this podcast might understand. Yeah. Or just rewind, you know, 10 minutes and listen to the people part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just wondering about another layer of how to, how did, have you always been in conscious contact with a spiritualness? Mm. And does that feel different than being or not being in contact? I I think that it, so absolutely not. I've not always been in contact with anything outside of myself, whatever I wanted to call that, whether it's spirituality or higher power or anything. Um, there were a number of years where I was not in conscious contact with reality. So that it's kind of impossible to, you know, be present or be in contact with anything when you don't even know, like, what right and wrong is or choose to ignore it, I guess is the better way for me to put it. I, it is so hard to put a finger on, but I have a couple of moments that kind of stick out to me. Once I did reconnect with spirituality and, and my higher power and I'll use the word God a lot, but that is not a religious definition of God for the most part. Um, It's just like spirit of the universe, higher power, have you had a cop an episode about that yet? No, that I just haven't. Be like a whole series. I agree. Yeah, I, I would Where's love our to. I know, right? <laughs> hey, Janae, make a note. <laughs> but no, I, I, I reconnected with my spirituality and and started just having moments where I didn't have my phone in front of me and I was trying to clear my thoughts and then I started meditating and it's been a while since I've had these moments and it's, it's kind of you know it's like everything in life, it goes in ups and downs. And I'm kind of in a lull with it right now. I'm really trying really hard to get back to it. But there's just the energy in the world is is either I'm blocking myself off from it or like it's just the wrong move phase or something. <laughs> but I, I've been struggling to get back to this point. But I would have moments when I was meditating where there would be like a full 30 seconds of just nothing in my head. Mm. And I don't know how to describe that feeling to someone that's not ever experienced it, but it's like the high of all highs, the like 
talking about ascending to a different plane of being. Mm. Like truly that's the closest I've ever felt to like what I assume a monk or a Buddhist is trying to get to when they meditate or maybe mm-hmm. they just are there all the time. And that's kind of... Could you imagine? Woo! I can't. I cannot. Um, and someone, as someone that's very anxious and I have, you know, 15 thoughts a second, having that 30, like a, I remember a full 30 seconds kind of went by. And I'm just counting breaths. That's the only way I knew that it had been any length of time. It was just miraculous. And I didn't do it. You know, like I've never been able to stop my thoughts before like that. Mm-hmm. So it had, I knew that it had nothing to do with me or my effort as a human mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get to that point. So it was that divineness within me and, you know, in conjunction with the power in the universe that's bigger than me kind of like meeting and almost touching Mm -hmm. the closest that, that, that has been. And in just daily life, anytime that I'm able to stop those thoughts and pause and literally smell the roses or notice something small, you know, an inchworm on the ground or a leaf that's particularly beautiful, you know, something that is so complex and I'm, Maybe if I was a biologist or a scientist or something, I'd feel differently about this, but I'm never going to be able to understand the the complexity behind that, nor would I ever be able to create that out of thin air. So it humbles me in a way that makes me feel very small in a a really good way Mm -hmm. and realize, wow, like this is available for me at all times to pause and mm-hmm. get out of my own way if I want it. Like the the way the sun's coming in on the fake leaves of that tree behind you is just like, <laughs> wow. You know, like yeah. it, the world is full of magic and things I'll never be able to understand. That's kind of the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Getting lost in that. Knowledge that I am nothing, mm-hmm. but I am also everything because I am the one noticing. Mm-hmm. So without someone there to notice, there is no miracle. Mm. You know, if a, what is it? <laughs> I'm thinking of the naughty version of this is if a bear shits in the woods. <laughs> right. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does, does it, it make, make a sound? sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's it's both. It's that divineness within me, like you talked about, and and a power greater than myself. It's kind of both, and where they where they meet like a Venn diagram kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like the closer I can get to them overlapping, the better I feel. And it is hard. It takes effort to get there. It takes effort, but it also takes letting go and being vulnerable. And mm-hmm. it's that, you know. Well, something you said earlier about gray area, and I know you and I have talked about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. That we suck donkey balls at the gray area. Mm-hmm. We're terrible. Like it's it's either or. It's yes and you're either with me or against yes. me. You're yeah. on my team or you're not. Um and that is just not how the world works. No. And there are at least three sides to everything, yours, mm-hmm. mine, and the truth. Yeah. So it's interesting something you just said about the Venn diagram coming together. It's that both and mm-hmm. The world yeah. is not either or, yeah. and I am finding, well, for, for gosh, probably 40, 45 years, just there was terror mm. in the gray area. Well, if it's not either or, I'm either perfect or I'm the worst. Yeah. Where's the order? <laughs> right. And I mean, I can feel the terror in my heart just thinking about how awful that was. And there's freedom in 
both and. Mm -hmm. And the more, in my experience, the more I have a conscious contact with that peace, Mm. that God, that warm feeling in my belly with, you know, whatever you can fill that blank for, for, for me, it's that peace. Yeah. Yeah. Then that Venn diagram gets bigger mm. and I have more room to move. And yeah. I feel like the less frozen I am, the better things turn out. It's like oh, for sure. Fight, flight or freeze. You know, you talked about yeah. when you're in conversation with someone and you're not feeling it, you're thinking of the escape route. Yes. <laughs> well, that's like a true visceral response. I gotta get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to survive this conversation. I have to leave. It's visceral, right? Yeah. And it just is all stirred up in your belly. And, Mm -hmm. um, there is, I, I just want to do a huge deep dive on this whole topic, but excuse me, there's a link between the vagus nerve and your gut Mm. where it's a true mind-body connection that is happening biologically. Take your probiotics. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis is no dummy. Um, And so I can't remember where I was going with that. So you might want to take all that out. But No, um, it's worth it. (laughs) I'm going to also tag Jamie Lee Curtis in the post and try to get her on here. (laughs) Um, But the whole what it feels like might be where I was going with that is that we we were talking about meditation and how sometimes you feel like there's an elevation of, of some sort in the experience. I don't get it for 30 seconds, but it might be, you know, a good 15. Yeah. I feel like I'm not breathing. Yeah. Even if it's just one second, I mean, and it is just a delight and it is comforting. And I love that you were talking about all the things in nature Mm. and that's when you feel connected Yes, because that is my, um, point of entry mm-hmm. to any sort of higher power or God, because yeah. I've had a, <laughs> some bad experiences in the church Same, yeah. and with church goers. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people find a lot of comfort in God. And so I said, well, what if, you know, this isn't really a, a, a very original thought, but you know, uh, God is not the church. Mm-hmm. Right. So what if I explored the idea of a comforting presence yeah, rather than an old white guy in the sky that mm-hmm. is just pissed off at all of us? A conception. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm trying to cultivate that conscious contact with the God of my understanding, yes. who is like a super artist. I mean, you look outside anywhere mm-hmm. now it's spring in North Carolina. Yeah. And it is just gorgeous. And so I love how you're talking about, you know, the, the little worms and there's yeah. a ton of woolly worms out and they're mm-hmm. all different colors and flowers and all that. And it just feels like it drops down into my gut. And yeah. I had a uh, counselor that, you know, I'd be telling a story and, da, 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 and I could hear my voice cracking right now just thinking about mm-hmm. telling her something that was just traumatic, devastating, upsetting, whatever word. And 
she would say, well, how does that make you feel? And of course I'm pissed off. Cause that was like, <laughs> speaking of entry point, that's the only yeah. emotion I knew. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, okay, well let that drop down a little bit. Mm. And so it would drop down like from my throat where I'm shouting about how angry I am. Yeah. And like my heart is broken. My gut is wrenched. Mm-hmm. And that is when like the, <laughs> the tears would flow. Yeah. And I You're could like, really. like, damn it, I'm hurt. Right. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm yes. Hurt. And I truly believe that that gut, like below the belly button, solar plexus is where our soul, our intuition. And, you know, for me, that is what I connect to my higher power. I'm not sure if there's a God. I'm still working on all that. Yeah. But what I understand, and that is what I try to have conscious contact with. Yeah. Is that gut feeling. So if I have that intuition, if we want to bring it back to a level where, it's Instagrammable. Yeah. Um, and yeah. my intuition is like, eh, I can stop and like yeah. drop down into my gut. And what is my gut telling me? Yeah. And sp- smarter people than I would say, well, that's your conscious contact with your higher power. Whatever yeah. you choose to say. You, you sparked kind of a thought when you were saying that for me, that is something that I lean into very heavily. Like, not even necessarily just my intuition or my gut reaction, but also my conscience. Yeah. My guilty, not guilty, um, feeling off or whatever, something that may be close to intuition, but not necessarily just like that visceral gut reaction yes. to an action that I've had or something. And that is, I've heard it said, that is your God consciousness, is your conscience. And, you know, whether we agree with it or not, getting our basic version of right and wrong a lot of the time comes from kind of a religious structure and not even necessarily just in the religion, but what their conception of what God would have you do would be, whether or not Mm. they follow that or not is completely irrelevant apparently, but... It is, and I say that as someone who is now a member of a different religion than I had when I was growing up. Um, that is not something that I would go back to because I, I just don't like the feeling that I got. I do love good structure, though. So I did, <laughs> once I got my spirituality back in my own personal relationship with God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. And that's something I want to make clear for anybody that's listening. If like you're tuning out when we're talking about this, cause you're like, that's, I don't believe in that. I don't follow that whatever. That's totally okay. First off, like you don't have to, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's totally fine and valid. However, if, if your barrier is religion or something that you've experienced in the past, it is your relationship with God and that's it. Religion is a place for you to find community and to find a group of people that worship mm-hmm. God in the same way that you want to. It is not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your your connection with God is, well, I guess that's kind of contradicting contradicting some religions, but like kind of excluding. I guess Catholicism is the one that pops into my head a lot. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to have a personal relationship with God. Right. You can talk directly to your version of your higher power, and it is a relationship that is the same as a friendship with someone that you have in real life. Mm-hmm. You are allowed to foster that. You are allowed to have conversations. You are allowed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to make that personal connection. It doesn't have to just be through literature or through your church or whatever. 
long story and it short. it doesn't have to be fancy and formal. No, it does not. You can be like, hey, God, what's up? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. Um, right, right. <laughs> like, help me feel better about today, you know? Yes. Like, see you later. Yep. But it it is something that I hope that I'm always kind of searching for. Um, not to say that I haven't found it, but I'm, I'm always looking to deepen it or look into another shade of it or just really strengthen that relationship like I would with a friend or with a partner, you know, just finding more and more moments to pause and be present. Yes. And I was thinking about that when you were saying the person who has a visceral response to a visceral negative response to church, Mm -hmm. I would like to suggest that if there's a visceral negative response, there's some hurt there. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And is there a point in your life where you feel a visceral connection to something? Yeah. And paying attention, having conscious contact with that positive Mm -hmm. visceral connection. Where do you feel that? Yeah. Who is around you when you feel that? Um, I would go so far as to say, what are you wearing when you feel that? Oh, 100%. A sweater of my husband's where when I put it on, he's like, oh gotta feel cozy. Yeah. If I just need to, you know, wrap myself in a proverbial flannel blanket, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you're having a visceral anti-response, just know that the flip side is true too. And you don't have to approach it like, gotta go find God. Yeah. But stopping to notice yeah. And that kind of brings it back up of having conscious contact with yourself, mm-hmm. conscious contact with your surroundings, with your people, with, you know, anything. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I always try to cultivate that, even in just a meditation practice, but like I will make it very easy for myself to reconnect with my higher power through the senses. So a particular sense that I'll try to associate with a particular feeling or or particular food, which most of the time is bad for me because most of the time it's mac and cheese. (laughs) Fact. Damn it. Um, I need it to be like something healthier. Uh, Fruit does too. I I try to, you know, make that connection. But also like a good summer day and a watermelon, like, come on. That's so true. How do you not? Well, unless you're allergic, but, you know, (laughs) like just – and a lot of it is childhood stuff. A lot of it is, mm-hmm. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like I could just imagine myself being five and being allowing myself to let it drip everywhere, drop yes. seeds, yeah. not be in trouble for being sticky. Like, let me just play for a second yeah. and be messy with the watermelon. And it's it's kind of the same thing. Like bodies of water, um, I definitely associate with childhood. So pools, beach. Mm-hmm sometimes rain I'm still kind of I don't really like rain and something I'm working on because we need it obviously it's a good thing but it just is like you know puddles I was a very neat Mm. child Mm -hmm. I was wrestling control out of everything so did you want to be neat or did you feel like you had to be neat I think I kind of wanted to because there was a comfort in that and I think Mm. that that is why I like planners so much that is why I like I don't necessarily like to clean, but I like the effects of it. Mm-hmm. I It does give me a huge sense of comfort for things to be tidy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily clean. Yeah. I, there's a difference. Like, I'm not sanitizing everything all the time. Right. 
I'm, I'm not that type of organizer, um, but for things to have a home. Yes. So even if they're not in their home, I'm like, I can look at the room and say that goes there and this lives here. Right. You can get back to baseline. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. talk about that all the time with environmental surroundings, mm-hmm. pillar of sustainable productivity. Yeah. That it's not a clean, sparse house. Like I'm looking no. around the room, we're recording the yeah. bookshelf. I just. I'm a maximalist. I would love to go <laughs> and, you know, noodle around your bookshelf. Um. So it's not sparse no. and it is not just piles of stuff Yeah, because it's also getting to enjoy your things. Yes. Um, I love to watch the TV show Hoarders. Yes, And inevitably <laughs> what the people, what is causing these people pain is they can't find the stuff that they love. Yeah. They brought all that stuff in the house because they loved it. Yeah. And I truly believe they love every piece of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Because it kills them to get rid of it yeah but I can see how it your 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 room your space you have things that you love and you want it to be able to see them yeah so if things aren't in their place yeah. you can't enjoy them and see them and things like that and I also was listening to um Hannah Gadsby talk about how there are certain personalities and disorders and things of that and I'm not diagnosing anybody but if someone is on I think she has autism. She's on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Where she was saying that she has to um, have that decluttered because of her proprioception. Mm-hmm. So it is literally how she processes space around her. Ooh. And she says that she her um, equilibrium is off. So she just trips. So it's kind of a safety thing too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so interesting, like... If that bookshelf was like a foot closer, we probably would both feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it needs to be there. Yeah. And even if you don't have autism, we all know what is pleasing to our eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some people, that is a very clean, minimal space. Yes. Which seems crazy to me. Um, for some people, it's like everything in neutral colors, which <laughs> has like become a theme in the past couple of years. And I... I don't understand. I'm never going to get that. Yeah. Because, and I mean, <clears throat> I used to only own white, gray, and black clothing. Interesting. Other than like jeans. Uh-huh. And part of it was, I was going through my emo phase, but part of it was just, I don't know if I was trying to like deny myself the happiness or I told myself I wasn't mm. a color person or I didn't know how to connect with the joy Mm-hmm. I think that was mostly it. I was blocking myself off from a lot of joy. Well, I think those colors you described are the colors of numb. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I I just had this awakening over the past, I don't even know, it's been a while now, a couple of years, but in my surroundings, I've always loved color. But in my clothes, for some reason, like I couldn't allow myself to enjoy it on a daily basis every time I look down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is just a, again, like a visceral reaction. I do, I do really enjoy to look around and see color, I, especially green. Green mm. is a big one. But I, I do love to see my things. And I have like an open coffee table for that reason. And it's kind of a hot mess right now. But I put stuff in there that I just like to look at because I sit right where I'm sitting now or I record this podcast and I pray yep. and meditate and I like to look down and see things and, you know, mm-hmm. do everything I can to bring up those 
good feelings and and make it easy on myself. Yes. Make it easy on myself to connect with something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I can connect with something outside myself, then it makes it easier to like get to that place of no attachment. Mm -hmm. And it's now that I'm thinking of, it's kind of antithetical to, to what we're talking about. Like conscious contact for me is actually the opposite of connection. It's like this, free, I guess free from attachment and aversion type of thing. Like not me not holding on to something very tightly. It's this loose, wide open space, kind of like you're talking about the Venn diagram getting bigger. Mm -hmm. It is this openness. I'm not trying to control the conversation if it's with another person. I'm not thinking ahead. I'm not planning my grocery list while I'm meditating. (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm I'm actually not solid in my mm-hmm. connection to anything. I'm open to everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It It is – it's so hard to explain because it is so multifaceted and I get different feelings kind of every time that it, that it happens. But it is – it's pure openness to what other people have to say, to whatever feeling comes along, to that experience of the present moment and just living second by second. Mm-hmm. and not trying to manipulate that. Yeah. Yeah. You know how people pick words or themes for a year. Mm-hmm. Last year, mine was to wear life as a loose garment. Yes. And um, turns out I need to continue to have that my theme. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everybody continued. does. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think about too, that it gives you place to move mm-hmm. into not notice, oh my God, the tag, oh my God, the tag, this waistband is riding up. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? <clears throat> and it also made me think about my garden. I had a, a section down by my mailbox where it was just jam full of irises mm-hmm. and they were starting to like have the bulb pop up mm-hmm. through the dirt. So last, I think it was last spring, I moved them up towards the house. So... I literally uprooted them and moved them to a new area, not as great as soil, (laughs) not as much sun. All they had was more space Mm. to do what nature truly intended. Yeah. And girl, they are showing off. They are huge, flowering. Um, And it just makes me think of us as people. Like if we just have enough space to Mm -hmm. truly be who we were meant to be. Yeah. We don't need all the things that the world tells us that we need. Ooh, yeah. And that makes me think, you know, like really figuring out who you are, you have to not be on social media. You have to (laughs) not be holding on to your old conception of yourself or who you think you should be. Or if it's easier for people to think... Um, instead of letting go of your conception, maybe you could be open to adding something new. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Letting go is scary. Oh, true. Yeah. So maybe a half step Mm -hmm, could be mm -hmm. people being open to something more or new. Yeah. More. (laughs) There's always more. Yeah. There really is. Yeah. And you you might find that when you have something new and more, you can let go of something old and before you know it, you're different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to um, 
because I, I think more people, the more people we recruit to conscious contact mm-hmm. as a theory, yeah, uh, the more friends we might have. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I want to talk about like some practical ways you might do that. You talked about nature too, and I want to mm. read this. Um, so Susan Kane, you know, she wrote the book Quiet about. Yeah, I have version. it sitting next to my bed. It's on my to read list. I've yes. wanted to read it for years. And she, uh, I started it, gosh, when it first came out and it was too much. I was like, this is hitting like. I figured as much. A big yeah. old nerve. <laughs> and so I put it down. Well, she has a new book out called oh, Bittersweet. Ooh. And it, gosh, Janae, I just thought for sure you had read it because the I think the literal first word of this podcast, you were talking about melancholy. Yeah. And she talks about how melancholy is not a negative. Yeah. Sadness yeah. is a superpower. Mm. Um, so I've heard her everywhere lately on different podcasts. And um, she talks about how when you hear um, melancholy music or sad music, it's usually in a uh, minor key. Mm-hmm. And that minor key, the vibration of it actually connects to something inside of you. And that is what, like, you're literally vibrating at the same frequency as that song. Oh, I'm very into that. Yeah. So I bought Bittersweet, if nothing else, because I can't wait to read, like, the bibliography and, like, all of her work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine the science that she researched for this. Yeah. But anyway, she also has been talking about this um the idea is called well it's from the is it kabbalah kabbalah Uh, Mm -hmm. Kabbalah. yeah thank you people say it either way well you know i did google that and it was both so i like exactly just ask her it's like tomato tomato it really is it really is um and so she talks about that and the related to that the jewish practice called tikkun olam olam. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And so, and I, I'll send this so we can have it linked in the show notes, but yes. it's been translated as the mending of the world. Yep. This practice draws from the Kabbalistic ideas of Isaac Luria, a 16th century Jewish mystic. And here's what he says. He believed that when God created the world, God formed vessels to hold the divine light. As the light began to fill the vessels, they were unable to contain the divinity and shattered. Like, let's think about that. Mm-hmm. There's so much good shit in there, it busted wide open. Yes. Sparks of divine light were trapped in the shards of these vessels. They scattered throughout the cosmos and formed our world. The task of humanity is to reunite the scattered sparks of light to repair the broken world and thus participate in finishing God's work. Yeah. Which, yeah, you know, I've heard people talk about those being God shots, Mm -hmm. those being breadcrumbs, you know, whatever it might be. I just love this idea of shards of light. Yeah. Because if I can do one thing today, I can notice. Yeah. Like you were saying before. Yeah. Um. And y'all make it accessible. Like maybe it is setting your phone to remind you once an hour, or maybe it's just noon. We'll start easy. Yeah. Start yeah. At One noon. time. Yeah. <laughs> do you, did you notice something today or do you need to go for a 10 minute walk and what stands out to you? Like yeah. notice. Yeah. Because I, I bet the more we look for these shards 
or become aware when we see them, we'll notice more of them. Oh, yes. I have so many thoughts when when you're saying that. Yeah. So first off, yes, the more that you're aware of it, the more that you realize that it exists and it's accessible for you, the more you're going to see it. It's kind of like when you buy a car, Red car. and then you see it mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. It's the same thing. It really is. And if you've ever been to a yoga class, uh, the teacher at the end, when you know when you're saying Namaste after you finished, is normally the light in me sees the light in you. Yes. And I try to carry that into everything because, you know, being a human, I can definitely be a judgmental person. And, you know, same. you know, if someone isn't <laughs> living the same type of life that I am, or if they mm. have a different view on something, you know, or they're doing something that I wouldn't do or, you know, whatever, yep. I can drift into that place of judgment, which is so stupid because it has nothing to do with me. You know, unless you're trying to physically harm me or my family or my friends, anything that anyone else is doing has nothing to do with me. Right. It's so nice that you say you drift into judgment because I feel like I'm like busting through the wall. Like man. <laughs> oh, sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it definitely is a sharp turn into judgment. Yeah. And you know what? How does that feel? Ugh. Shitty. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, like the first second of it, I get... Like a sense of satisfaction. Well, my ego gets a Righteous sense of indignation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that hit of like, I'm yeah. better than I can look at you from up here. And I've, I've actually dealt with this very recently. And, you know, I'm in my head and I'm thinking and I'm not making conscious contact with the light inside of that person, the good mm-hmm. that I could see in them instead of the negative. And I don't want to live my life that way anymore. Yes. Like it just doesn't make me feel good to harbor those type of thoughts or that judgment. And it's not going to change that person. It's not going to make me feel any better about myself. And any time that I feel myself judging somebody else, it has everything to do with me and nothing to do with them. Yes. There's something I need to work on or it's reminding me of an old behavior Mm -hmm. or it's reminding me that I'm judgmental and I don't like it. Right. So I'm going to be angry at you, which is really hurt. You know, yes. like I'm hurt that you don't understand me in some way or I'm hurt that I don't understand myself in some way and it's popping up. Right. Yeah. (sighs) Great. That's what I needed to hear today. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. We always hear what we need to hear. It's hard, though. It really is to just even want to not have that as a coping mechanism Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. And I have days where I, I'm i like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything to this person, which that's growth for me. Mm-hmm. Like I've stopped saying my judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've stopped saying it out loud, which is, that's fine. Then I'm only hurting me, which is still not okay, but mm-hmm. it's better than it used to be. Right. And, it, you know, some days I'm more willing than other days. And Sometimes it's the same person over and over again. And I'm like, God, please show me what I need to learn out of this because I'm really tired of thinking about this person that I mm-hmm. don't care about, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe that, you know, sometimes it is just that. Sometimes it's God saying you need to foster compassion for this person, mm-hmm. which is, damn it, <laughs> it mm-hmm. is 
the hardest thing that I've ever had to learn how to do is be empathetic and be compassionate because I'm just not good at that skill. I was never taught it. I didn't practice it when I was young. I didn't have anybody to practice it with because I didn't hang around around anybody and I didn't give it to myself. So it's mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to find compassion for someone that I dislike for whatever reason and have that come out in the way that I treat them in the way that I think about them. Mm-hmm. Because again, it requires me to be vulnerable. It requires me to silence my ego. It requires me to do the deeper work and figure out, is this a mommy issue again? You know, like right. <laughs> the answer is yes. Right. And yeah. Yeah. you know, it's not everyone has to agree with me. Not everyone. And I don't want them to God, that would be boring. That would be the opposite of conscious contact for me. Mm-hmm. Like I hate You know, it's weird. Like, I love having conversations where people are on the same page, but I don't necessarily want to just have conversations with people that agree with me. Yes. And that kind of brings us back to where we started. Yeah. That if you're having a conversation with, maybe you're talking to a black man, Mm -hmm. which is not who you and I are on the surface, but when you take away the race and the gender, yeah, you could be talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could bring in a third white female who has very different views on social justice, yeah. for example. Yeah. And I would be interested to find out why on earth she thinks X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I just so want to know. We look the same. Yeah. And having a conversation about why people or having a conversation with people who are so passionate about their beliefs. It's yes. sort of like when um, W. Kamal Bell on his uh, series United Shades of America. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he went and spent a couple days with the Klan. Yeah. Yeah. I just like. Uh, my heart was just squeezing the whole time. I cannot imagine being that brave and vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't. I know. And it's, it's, it does take that certain awareness to realize, I don't even, like, the presentness of mind and also seeing the bigger picture of everyone as a human. Mm-hmm. And putting aside belief systems, right, and treating them as as a fellow part of a species, yeah, you know, just taking it back down to bare bones and and leaving everything else aside and truly seeking to understand mm-hmm. rather than to be understood. Because mm-hmm. I just I want to know more. Like if I don't agree with you, I want to talk to you more most of the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's so intriguing to me. Because my brain doesn't work that way, or I haven't thought about the situation in, in from that perspective before. I just want to understand. You're probably not going to change my mind because I'm stubborn. But I will have that information, and I can understand you as a human more. Right. And the person that I had on previous podcast, I realized at a certain point that people can't see us. Mm. And I was like, by the way, I'm white. Cause I can't even remember what we were talking about. I'm white and Mark is black. 
And I realized that people wouldn't know that mm-hmm. <laughs> without us saying something. And Unless we were, were making sweeping generalizations and assumptions. Exactly. Which, which I don't want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that they can understand what lived experience we're talking about. Because um, yeah. we're talking about like violence um, and words being violence and things like that. And and your viewpoint on that is going to change based on if you've experienced violence in your past. And both him mm-hmm. and I come from a situation where we have and we can we are from two very different backgrounds but we do have very similar stories of you know having to move past stuff like that mm-hmm. and the way that he can talk so openly about that with me and i mean i've known him for forever i've known him since i was about 18 or 19 mm-hmm. and just the again you know you if people are listening, they're like, well, I don't have friends who I feel filled up by when I have those conversations or whatever. Like, you have to cultivate that. And it doesn't mean you have to go get all new friends. Sometimes it does. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes it might. <laughs> sometimes it might. But it could just be having those open lines of communication and mm-hmm. saying like, hey, I really want to talk about maybe something controversial, controversial, but I want you to know that like I love you and I just really want to – talk about this without any judgment, without any, you know, preconceived notions of Mm. the other person or whatever. And that's kind of what our friend group is. We have really honest conversations and everybody's all over the place with their feelings on it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got different lived experiences and it's really cool because Mm -hmm. there's nothing that's been off limits. We've talked about everything and it's normally when we're watching like a UFC fight. So it's like very (laughs) super deep stuff. Yeah. But on the surface, it would seem very casual Mm. just because that's, you know, what we're used to. And that's what I strive for Mm -hmm. in all my conversations. Like I want to be watching a Disney movie and, and talking about aliens or perceived sexism or, you know, like. Right just because that's the nature of our relationship and you have to foster it. Mm -hmm. It is on us. I mean, kind of tying everything together. It's on you to take the action to live a life that you've always dreamed of. I mean, it really is. You have to do it and you can do it. You, you have the inherent power. You've got that light Mm -hmm. to be able to do it, but you have to get out of your own way too and not, be so rigid. Yeah. Well, at least for me. Yeah. Notice the shards around you. Yeah. Take in that light. And, you know, if you hear something that sparks you, mm-hmm. go talk to that person some more. Go read the book that they wrote. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. I try to be really conscious. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> I try to be conscious of that and take in and seek out things that spark me. Whether mm-hmm. it sparked me in a negative way or sparked me in a positive way, mm-hmm. because it's it's gonna be fruitful. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna. I'm seeking out a deeper part of my soul that's calling out for whatever that thing is. You yes. know. Gosh, I just can't add any more to that. That that's good. It's a good place to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have us wrap up there, but yeah, it's. It's a multitude. Conscious contact mm-hmm. is a multitude. Mm-hmm. And you know when you feel it. And once you felt it, you know when you don't have it. Yes. And until you get to that point, I can't, you know, you can't explain it to someone really. Yeah. Take yeah. some time and be silent with yourself. I think that's kind of the first step. And if you hear voices yelling at you from every side, then you know you're going down the right path. <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I love all your questions, though. Good, good. Is there anything else? No, we covered everything. I love it. And then some. It was so good. I, I and Again, that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. I love talking yeah. about this, especially with you. Mm. And it's it's nothing but fruitful. I mean, that's the stuff of life. I feel like that's kind of the whole yeah. point is to connect with another human and find that sense of community within yourself and within your your network. Yes. Build build yourself up and then, you know, kind of take that outward and go forward in peace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't think the universe or our higher powers or whoever wants us to be isolated and numb. No. We need to start to thaw out, notice what causes that spark, that heat, that flash. Yeah. And then find more of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I hope that everybody that listens to this, if there's anybody listening out there, finds that and goes out there today and makes conscious contact with something. And let us know what it is. Please. Yes. Please comment. Um, leave a review talking about how you made conscious contact because I I do want people to try fostering this and mm-hmm. and letting others know how they got to that point since it is such this amalgus gray cloud of mm-hmm. generalizations it's it's so important and i i think that a lot of people could benefit from it and i hope that they do and i'm so happy to have made conscious contact with you just in general like as a human yes and today and <laughs> and i hope that everybody out there you know does really do that and takes that to heart and go out there and make the world a better place kind of thing fantastic be a good human thank you for coming on yeah thanks for having me you and i'm sure we'll talk again soon sounds good 